we are recording. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Thank you. Welcome to Porta Club Podcast. I am your host, Jess, and today with me, I have my friend, Kevin. <laughs> Hi, Jess. Wonderful to be here. It's so good to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's been beautiful, you know, global warming, 70 degree <laughs> weekend almost <laughs> until this morning in Buffalo, New York. So good. it's been great. Yeah, I love global Late October. Warming. So good. I, I actually it. just went on my Instagram. My friend who lives in Colorado is covered in snow. Oh, wow. He woke up and the roads and his car was just covered in snow. Yeah. So I heard Mammoth already had snow too. So crazy. But yeah. that might be normal. Is that normal? I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. I'm not, I can't attribute that to global warming. That might be normal. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I digress. Welcome to the show. I have here Kevin, and Kevin is a data analytics manager. Did I get that right? Yeah, basically. That's not your official title. No, it's not, but I'm not going to say it because it's it's just douchey. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, we didn't talk about it. Is there a language filter on this show? No. No? no. Okay, thank no God. Language. HBO rules. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Obviously, no, yeah. like, slurs or No, no, like I won't that. do that. I won't do that, of course. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so yeah, no, but I I basically uh, work for, I work in the finance industry, and I, I basically work to build systems to, you know, analyze data. That sounds pretty science-y. It's actually not. It's a lot more <laughs> about uh, talking to people and getting them to agree to do stuff that they don't want to do. Really? Yeah. Wow. It really is. Like a sales person. No, <laughs> no. Kind of. <laughs> Internally, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a bunch of other professions that involve convincing people to do things that aren't sales. Mm -hmm. So maybe something, yeah, I don't know. It's more like getting them to agree that they need to like care about their data and put it in a place that we can all use it. Mm, okay. And then, and because the science, I don't want to say the science takes care of itself, but like the analytics is kind of prescribed. Like you kind of know what you want to do with it once you have it. It's more a problem of getting things from people. Oh, I see. You know? Okay, yeah. You're not trying to sell them, but you are trying to get them to, like, spend time doing something they, they don't necessarily want to do yet. Yeah. My job is a little bit of that aspect of, as a project manager, just coordinating with all these different people and all these things that they have to do they don't want to do. So mm -hmm. I have to be on them constantly, like, okay, please do this <laughs> so yeah. I can do my job and this person can do their job because it's all tied together. Mm -hmm. But super fun yeah you did cross out corporate slave it sounds like we both are that so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i'm a little less on the corporate level working for a startup than you it's true <laughs> but i'm hoping that my company maybe gets there one day so then i can quit and then go work for another startup <laughs> <laughs> you're looking for the exit yeah i don't know I, well we won't we'll, get to we'll that get there. One <laughs> yeah. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, for you, the listener, Kevin and I met last summer. Last summer. Last it feels summer. like like six years ago. It does kind of feel like that. But yes, it was last summer. So much has happened. I know. To both of us. Oh my God. Yeah. In the last year. Yeah. But we met here in, in New York and we had both just come back from LA. We were on these similar parallel timelines where we grew up in a town next to each other. Like we're we're really like, close. you know, we're like 15 minutes from each other in two different towns. Yeah. They border each other. And we grew up there our whole lives. We both got into these relationships, moved to LA, 
Uh, we even had mutual friends in LA. We did. So it's so weird that. Yeah, we have like straight up like Jesse. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's just weird that our we never overlapped there, and then we both kind of exited these relationships in a similar time frame and came back to New York where we met. So yeah, lived like the same timeline, but never overlapped until we came back. No, so that's I know. Really interesting. No, it's it's been cool to know you and like you know we've we'll get into it, but we've both just like had a lot of change in our lives in the past. I think mm-hmm. two three years wholesale. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, for sure. Yeah, and um, it's interesting because I feel like in the times that I've talked to you, like we are we have always been on parallel paths, but sometimes I'm a little ahead on one thing and you're mm-hmm. a little bit ahead on another thing. Yeah, you know, like and and that's always been cool because you know we, we we've kept in touch. You know, we spent a lot more time together last summer, and yeah. then we've kept. You know, I've really enjoyed just like keeping in touch and hanging out as we've, you know, had our own stuff to do over the the last year. Mm-hmm. And every time there's like a couple things like that. Yeah. It's very cool. And like a couple of bizarre, like the similarities were just consistent. Like we were both in Florida at the same time. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was earlier this year. You're in oh, February. Yeah, February. So weird. You're just like, oh yeah, you're, you're here. Yeah. I'm so sad. Oh my God. I lost, I think I told you this before, but for the listeners. So we both love photography. Mm-hmm. I shoot film. I am much less experienced than Jess. I and, have zero experience in film. So well, in that regard, you're much more experienced. Sure. That's, that's fair. <laughs> well, and, and in that, even in a semi-experienced, I, I shot a role when we had that one day at the beach that was so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then I, that role got lost. No. It got damaged when it did. It didn't, it didn't shoot properly. Oh, and you know, I, you probably don't have this feeling as much, but there's that funny feeling when you're shooting film and I like remember like six of the shots, like exactly as they shuttered on mm. the camera. And I'm like, <sighs> anyway. Damn. I have wondered what happened to those pictures. I'm like, am I ever going to see those? No, you're not. But, okay. They're, they're gone. They're lost. They're lost. They're just, they're just in, in, in here. memory now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. But that's one of those things. That's what I mean. Like, I feel like we've, like, we're both very into music, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, could have crossed paths when we grew up as well because yeah. of those sorts of things. And, like, never did. Yeah. <laughs> Which I almost wonder, I don't know how you were as a kid, but, like, maybe we just wouldn't have been friends if we met any sooner because I was a little asshole. <laughs> I was too. Okay. All right. I mean, so, some of it. Yeah. I yeah. guess I wasn't, I wasn't really an asshole. Like, to most people, I was... I don't know, I was a people pleaser, but I was an asshole to my siblings. And I feel like who I was prior to coming into my adult self was very opposite of who I am now with mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I, I feel hesitant to say this, but <laughs> when I was for, uh, maybe like 14 to 17, I went through this like anti-feminist phase. Mm-hmm. I had a shirt that said, cool story, babe, go make me a sandwich, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Well, we've had also similar paths. I remember talking about that about like religion and stuff because like yeah. we both grew up fairly fairly religious. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. my family has over time drifted farther away from that. You know, I think I did in my family first too for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John Stewart and um, yeah, but but you know, I was just talking to my mother about that the other day about how uh, so she works in the schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, she works at the high school in my town, and uh, she you know events about work and that's totally normal and she was talking about all these horrible horrible things that these like 11 and 12 year old boys were saying at the lunch table because unfortunately Oof. she has a lunch monitor shift this year for some reason Interesting. Yeah, i know crazy she's not supposed to anyway but i said to her i was like i get it but also mom like if you heard the things that i was saying yeah at my at 11 12 13 at horrific. the lunch table horrific yeah the stuff i used to believe when i was a kid mm-hmm. oh my god <laughs> yeah 
horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. Yeah, and like, there's a point where I stopped feeling that way about myself. I was lucky to have really good teachers. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out Mr. Robison, who basically like saved half of a generation of my <laughs> school. Um, uh, seriously, because he just, he was never afraid to challenge us to think critically. And he knew how to get people to do that. That's Which is a, a crazy skill. Yeah. You know? An important skill. Yeah. And to be able to, like, impart that on people, that's, mm -hmm. like, magic. It is. And uh, and so there was, like, you know, I think I hit, like, sophomore year. And I, I had, between him and Jon Stewart, most of that that's stuff I'm, I feel like I'm all right. Okay. I had mostly caught myself. There was some stuff. There was always some stuff. Yeah. As the culture has changed. For sure. But it yeah. wasn't the, you know, like the the shirts you're describing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did I just cancel myself? <laughs> no. We all, you know, guys, we're all allowed to grow and change. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that time, like, I, I do wonder what 12-year-olds now are saying, because in part, Bad I stuff. think it was. <laughs> yeah. That's Ask fair. my mom. I would love to just sit and talk to your mom about <laughs> what she's hearing. Because I think part of it was a cultural shift as well. Like, there's just the this culture of awareness and political correctness wasn't really a thing as much when we were in middle school when was that a, oh my god over yeah. a decade ago now yeah, we're pretty like old now 14 years Just ago kidding. someone who listens is like 50 is gonna be like this 27 year old thinks he's old <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the person I just made fun of. Uh, 14 years ago, I would have been 13. So yeah, you know, so that's middle 2009. school. 2009. Mm -hmm. We're that's like crazy. we're like pretty much the same age. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 1996 babies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just wonder if like it's getting a little bit better as we no okay. I think <laughs> I don't think it is, okay. but I don't think that's actually a problem because if you think about it like you and I were both those people and we're mm -hmm. definitely not now that's and i think true. and that's what i said to my mom the other day was i was like mom like i don't believe any of that shit at all and i but i said it when i was 11 12 13 14 at yeah. lunch tables because part of what growing up is is pushing boundaries and learning where you can push and where you can't and mm -hmm. where eventually someone's going to hit you because you said so you know something yeah. horrible to them because that happened to me you know what I mean? Like yeah. there was a there was that point too where I said something to somebody I shouldn't have said, and mm -hmm. I got my ass kicked. <laughs> you know, not that I'm not that I'm advocating for that. Please don't take that. <laughs> but I'm more saying that you know you learn lessons as a kid because at some point that's what you do. At that's a, how yeah, you grow. At a, yeah, at a certain yeah. point you you reach the boundary. <laughs> that's fair, and I do feel like I mean half the stuff that came out of my mouth at that age was just because I was a deeply insecure child who wanted validation totally. from other people. So it's like, well, I know these things, these words get a reaction from people. So it's all just this performative, like trying to get people to like me, which is very much what being a kid is. Yeah, the, the like, this is something that's not really talked about in the culture, I think very much, which is it's a weird thing to say, but the, the like, Boys' lunch table mm -hmm. growing up has a profound impact on who you become as an adult. Really? I would definitely say that. Can you elaborate? Because, like, what you're saying about, like, you know, you're you're putting on something, you're impressing people, you're whatever. Mm -hmm. That was, like, exactly how middle school lunch table felt all the time. Mm. And part of the side effect of that is that a bunch of my friends and I are, are very lively, improv, funny people when we're together. Yeah. But also, like, when we were young, like, that was all just cutting you know, it was all about what can I say that challenges or cuts down my my friend that then puts the spotlight back on me. Mm, you know, and yeah. if you don't grow up in an environment, if you don't sit at a lunch table where that kind of thing is happening, <laughs> like if you're at the quiet table or 
whatever i don't know mm-hmm. you don't you don't end up with that like instinct i guess i would say probably yeah you know i, I guess i'm more just saying it's <laughs> in a world i wrote who your friends are determine who you become which is just true but i just think that for boys specifically like who you surround yourself with those like six years i would say mm-hmm. seven from like sixth grade to senior year part of the reason i feel like i came out of that hole in my sophomore year is because my friends and i started having lunch with my teacher mr robison oh, we would like okay. five of us go to his room for lunch we would mm-hmm. chat with him we chat with each other we would all just whatever so we'd have like an intellectual conversation over lunch instead of oh brilliant you know yeah oh that's so so special to have that in that really <laughs> formative defining period of your life to have uh, an influence like that I feel like I can think back to that time and there were a number of adults in my life, some of them through like the church even, Mm -hmm. um, but also school that definitely, I wasn't as much of an asshole as I could have been because of those adults in my life. Yeah. Also, to your point with the middle school lunch table, do you know the Netflix show Explained? No. It's basically like they break down a bunch of these different ideas and constructs and whatnot Hmm. and they they explain the science behind it. So one of the episodes was, and I'm going to paraphrase and I'm going to try to sum it up because it's been a long time now since I've seen it. But basically one of the episodes was explaining the psychology of who you become Hmm. and the weight of the influences you have as a kid. And so home life and your parents only had something like 25% of influence on you as a kid, right? And I think it was something like 70% or 60% of that comes from your peers growing up, like your friends, which I guess makes sense because even as an adult, it feels like you are a product of your environment. Like that just never goes away. Mm -hmm. So who you choose to hang out with regardless of your age is undoubtedly going to have an influence on that person that you're presenting at that time. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, that may, that totally drives, I think, because, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with my parents growing up, but mm-hmm. I frankly spent more time with a lot of my friends past a certain point than them, you know? Oh, for sure. Especially once my mom was working again and my dad was always working a lot of hours, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Past past five, I mean, you really are. You're spending more time with your peers than you are your parents. Yeah, for sure. At least quality interaction. Mm-hmm. So I get it. I really do. I feel lucky that like I had, this is a funny conversation. We're both coming up on our 10-year high school reunion next year. Yeah. And so uh, that's starting to come together on our side. And I'm really excited because I feel like I had a great class. Like, I mean, there was all kinds of stuff whatever but Mm -hmm. a lot of really just wonderful excellent people and i think that has been a big boon for me (laughs) like because i don't i know there are people that didn't feel that way like i've met people that are like oh i hated high school i i whatever this that i didn't feel like i had my people i was like i don't feel that way at all you know like i had so many wonderful people and like i didn't you know didn't wasn't all roses right (laughs) but at the end of the day i look back on it fondly and i'm excited to to kind of reconnect and see where people are at oh that's incredible I was a, a graduating class of one. Um, mm, yes. Because <laughs> uh, I was homeschooled for high school. But that being said, had I stayed in public school, yeah, my graduating class we would be coming up on our 10-year reunion next year. Yep. Technically, my graduating 10-year anniversary was now two years ago because I graduated mm. early. But I'm hoping I can be a plus one to someone that did graduate from the school that I used to go to. Cause I just wanna, I'm just curious. I just wanna see what everyone's up to. It's like 90% of it for me. Yeah, I just wanna right? be like, all right, what are you doing? What's what's happened? Where are you going? Yeah. 
not not in a way where it's like okay i want to see all the people that were mean to me like no not at all like i don't i'm not trying to go judge everyone i'm just genuinely curious neither you nor i have mean girls energy we yeah so you know (laughs) yeah i mean like would there be some level of satisfaction if my elementary school bully was a little sad maybe i don't know actually i feel like i'm at this point now where suffering just sucks yeah i would have zero at this point right that's growth yeah (laughs) that's great i'm actually mostly just hopeful for all of yeah it's like I don't know. I've been through some shit since high school. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, nobody's exactly who they want to be 10 years after high school. True. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of hope everyone's <laughs> that everyone's well. doing. Yeah. I wish I, if I came back and like everyone was like rich and employed, I'd be like, wow, nice guys. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beat the system. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> this feels like a good transition point to talk about just the last year. If <laughs> we do one of these. So Kevin. <laughs> Oh, Jess, we're going to have to talk about these sound effects after this. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And, okay, anyway. Do, I'm sorry, do these not measure up to your other podcasts? No, no, I just, you have you have such high standards, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this is just a bit. They're not bad. <laughs> I, just, I just love it. I find them very funny. I don't know what else to say. Okay, great. They're just here for character, you know? I see it. Yeah. I'm just, I haven't been able to use this one yet. I've been waiting for the dad jokes to come and they just haven't been brought yet. We haven't had any. I guess when you're talking about... Yeah, we're not talking about like... Surface level comedic things. I I have to have some comedy at some point, but the last few episodes have just been a certain level of like emotional depth that this just would not be appropriate, Mm -hmm. so... We can have a dad joke off at the end or something. I think that would be a great segment for you, actually, because if they all trend deep, you could have like a two-minute dad joke off at the end. Yeah. Just be like, all right, palate cleanse. I'm really bad at operating under pressure. So if someone said, I need you to think of your best dad jokes right now, it's I'm going to come up with nothing. That's true. I don't have anything. They all have to come from the heart. Yeah. The heart, it has to be circumstantial for me to just like slide something in there. Or I need to come prepared <laughs> with the best dad jokes. Anyways, so I'll just wait until I'm set up for a dad joke and then I'll just... And then you can do them yourself. Yeah. yeah, that feels very on brand. <laughs> it, it, it is. You're just jessing around. That was a great usage of it. Thank you. That belongs on the like like trailer cut. Oh yeah, I gotta make a trailer. We're just jessing around. Kevin, don't touch my sound pen. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm going to retransition us. So tell me about your last year then, because we did spend a lot yeah. of time together last summer, and then so much has happened, and let's just unpack all of it right now. Oh, right. All of it? All of it. Okay, we'll start at the summer then. Fine. Okay, so let's put it this way. Like, you and I hung out while I was living in Wilson for like seven weeks or something over the summer. Yeah. And then I went back to California because I had broken up with my ex several months earlier, Mm -hmm. was finally getting out of California. So September, drove back from California to Western New York with, well, I shipped... I have, uh, guys, I'm, I'm a car guy, okay? I have, like, a lot of fucking cars because so it's, a, it's a sickness. <laughs> it really is. Thanks, Dad. It's a great sickness to have, but anyway. So I shipped four cars from California to... Or shipped three, drove one from <laughs> California to New York to Buffalo. 
full of cars. I drove one across the country. I came back, and then I quit my job that I had had for four years at the end of that month. You did, yeah. And at that point in time, I was... I don't want to call myself delusional because I still think this is an idea I'm going to pursue in my life, but I was like, okay, I'm going to start a software company. And then I was like, wait, just kidding. I'm going to start a car company. And I still believe all those are good ideas, Mm -hmm. especially the software step that is really what I should focus on. Mm -hmm. But the long and short of it is I was really messed up. I had really lost myself in that relationship and in that job. Mm -hmm. Just my identity made no sense to me. Uh, It was... It was really bad. And I spent, I'm not going to lie, like 90% of October sleeping, other than a trip that was very rejuvenating with some friends. Mm -hmm. I spent most of November also sleeping. December, I started to kind of get it back together. And then the day after Christmas, I found out that my father was cheating on my mother again. And that day, I kicked my dad out of the house. Mm -hmm. And the day after that, I drove my mother to Florida (laughs) because her flight had been canceled. Uh, because of the crazy snowstorm in Buffalo. And we needed to get there because my grandparent, my grandfather was at that point dying, we thought. Mm-hmm. He's good, by the way. Thank which God. Is, thank God, I know. Yeah. But um, he's 93. I don't... Thankful for every day, let's just put it that way. Absolutely. Anyway, so we do that, whatever. I come back. I have just this insane several months. I see you in Florida because I just like, you know, after having my life blown up thrice basically Mm -hmm. you know my my partnership then my work life and then my family life just all all three kind of phases of my main life other than my friendships thank god for all of those people um i i just was lost yeah so i started applying for jobs again because i got to a point i was like okay i just gotta fucking make money i hate capitalism i hate this country (laughs) sometimes but like you just gotta make money to live Mm -hmm. that's how this is so i started reapplying for things and I could not get back into my industry. My industry is is financial technology. Because of all the things that happened in COVID, it was kind of around a time where a lot of people had quit around the time I had, and then a lot of people were trying to get back in. I feel like a lot of us this kind of happened to. The long and short of it is I spent all summer working in car dealerships because that's kind of what my background was in college. As a car guy, it's very easy for me to do that. Thankful to have that in the back pocket. And then finally, towards the end of the summer, I uh, got a really good opportunity for a job and uh, followed through on it got the job it's in New York and I'm back living in New York City so you know like that's <laughs> that's all from last September that's <laughs> like, so much like LA year. to Buffalo Buffalo to all that stuff mm-hmm. and Florida and back twice and then New York City and now but now like the last it sounds crazy but the last month has been like the most stable month I've had so far in like you know, like 14 months, probably. Wow. Maybe more like 16. Yeah. And in that month, you moved to New York City <laughs> and started a new job. Yeah. And the, yeah, okay. And it's felt like the most stable. The most stable. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Because, but it's the most I felt like myself in that long. Mm, okay. Because I'm like living somewhere that I want to be living, mm-hmm. that I made the choice to live, even if it's not perfect. Yeah. Doing a job that I chose to take that is not i don't feel exploiting me like mm-hmm. i feel fairly compensated and i'm working 40 hours a week for once finally that's good it's wonderful <laughs> yeah. it's like a real job i've never had this mm-hmm. ever <laughs> and uh i'd actually been there for like three weeks like i'd been going back and forth and then i just decided okay like i just need to stay here for a few weeks i yeah. kept my car in manhattan that was awful Ooh, I bet. um 
even though I had a good place to put it, so on and so forth. But but those three weeks, I finally settled back in. I was out with my friends on the weekends again, you know. Mm-hmm. Had a, I have a social life. So all of this to say, like, my last year has been insane. I know yeah. yours has too. But something we talked about before we started the podcast was, like, the idea of identity and, like, how how you would introduce me and and the job title and all that and like what i'm enjoying and i think i'd like us to talk about more is like that for me like my job is not my identity anymore like it's just Mm -hmm. like something that i'm doing that it's a part of my life it's a and it's a large part of my life but it doesn't define me very much i don't feel and that means that i can just kind of accept that my other hobbies are what i do and i'm happy with that Mm -hmm. you know like like i've said like i'm a car guy i love to ski I love to shoot film photography. I like to hang out with my friends and eat good food. So basically, I just like drive cool cars around with my friends, mm-hmm. taking pictures of everybody, <laughs> skiing sometimes. That's and great. It's great. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, like I don't need more than that. I really don't. Yeah. And coming to the point where it's like, yeah, like I get to do that a bunch of times a year. I hang out with my other friends when I do. I don't know. It It's it's very satisfying and I'm very grateful for where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Which makes me much more hopeful and and have a very positive look on like where I'm going because because yeah. like straight up like this is like I've said the first like month that has felt stable. And yep. Stable. So yeah. I've just rambled for a while here and answered that question, but you know it's <laughs> it's just. I did ask you to unpack a whole year. You so. did. You did ask me. I did answer the question you asked. You understood the assignment, and that was definitely like a warranted tangent <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't think i've actually done that with anybody so thanks for that but it, that's uh, what this podcast is all about oh i appreciate it oh nice <laughs> see that's good I like it. that's some applause for it you it does sound like rain it does right yeah that's so much movement and chaos and i feel like i feel like that's probably pretty normal for anyone who is getting out of a long-term relationship and lost your identity because it's like the first time I ever felt comfortable with my identity was probably my early 20s it was before I met my ex and that took my whole 20 years of life to get to that point so now when you go and lose yourself and you're trying to find yourself again it's like you're trying to combine all those years into like an expedited healing process. And I went, I definitely went a little crazy with uh, all the traveling that I did. I thought I was in a place at the beginning of the year where I'm like, yeah, I feel fully healed from my relationship. And then I booked all of these trips. And now that I'm at the end of the year, like past most of my trips, I have one more trip left. I'm like, why did I book all these trips? I'm like, I totally wasn't past the healing process. I wasn't, and it's a non-linear thing. And it's something that, Maybe maybe we're all just in a healing process our whole lives. Like it's just a journey. I think yeah, it's life, and we're never gonna fully be past it. But it's just funny, like retrospectively looking at the year. I'm like, okay, all of that was also healing and coming back into myself and who I want to be and where I want to where I want to go from here. And I don't know. I th- I think we're just kind of permanently evolving as people. Yeah. So right now, what feels good for me is porch lady. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's great. It just how this all started. I think it works. But I do finally, finally feel, as you were saying, settled. I'm sorry. You yeah. said settled. Okay, and I've thought about this a bunch of times, and I feel like you're the right person to talk to about this. Yeah. I don't like that word. Ooh, okay. Here's why. I just feel yeah. like, I feel like a lot of people have this idea of, like, what it means to, like, settle. Settle mm-hmm. down, settle, whatever, you know? Yeah. And I just, I just feel like it has this connotation. Maybe this is just me 
to some people especially that like I've settled down I've settled into who I am and now I'm just never going to change again I'm just going to be this mm, that and the other thing okay. I've, I've settled and I think that's bullshit because <laughs> like, I think like there's a difference between being like aware and comfortable with what you are mm -hmm. and like knowing that that changes yeah because settled to me puts you in, in into some sort of a fixed mindset okay you know so so you're saying that the word settled is a limitating yeah yeah to me at least because and i've been trying not to use it when i talk about how i feel because it's like i don't feel settled mm -hmm. i obviously don't feel settled i've been like moving around like crazy yeah but i do feel like contented or mm. like i don't want to say like trust the process is like the answer at the end of the day for everything yeah. but kind of like that i know i'm not fully healed from xyz or whatever but that's totally fine because i'm still you're, you're still going yeah because it's non-linear it's non-linear it probably a forever thing exactly <laughs> yeah that's like, okay so settled i guess how i mean that is i feel peaceful like i feel like i've finally mm. i've sunken into peace and it's mm. taken me a bit to get here and i feel like now i'm just reaching a point where i'm doing things because they bring me joy and they bring me peace and i'm not doing anything even like moving to austin that was originally what i was going to do Man, in January. i kind of want to talk to you about that yeah too. we like, can get into that yeah what was your how, how did you come to this decision because we'd been talking about that you'd been talking about that for so long yeah all year i, I know thought i was going to be moving to austin in january um so i think my decision to stay in buffalo there were a handful of things that came into play like I did I decided I wanted to go back to school and finish my undergrad before I moved anywhere nice. I've also been kind of waking up to the community that I've built in the last year and it I love the friendships that have developed and come out of me moving back to Buffalo and I think that in a way okay <laughs> we can really get into this I realized part of me moving to Austin was out of spite of my relationship. So bear with me. Before I left my ex, one of the things that we had talked about to salvage the relationship was moving from LA to Austin mm. because LA, I just was not thriving in LA. And mm. I think in hindsight, I shifted a lot of the blame of why my relationship was failing onto the city. LA didn't deserve that. Like no. I was having these issues because of the relationship and my partner. Same. <laughs> yeah, but I blamed the city of LA. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I still think I'm not an LA girl, but I think had I not been in that relationship, my experience in LA would have been wildly different and I mm -hmm. might've even enjoyed living there. So we had this idea to move to Austin because he is in the music industry and he wanted to move, stay somewhere musical. So I, I was pretty on board. I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe if we move to Austin, things will be different. And then he decided like, actually, no, I want to stay in LA. So I think part of me, when I break it down, wanted to move to Austin and go make something of myself and be successful almost to be like, yeah, fuck you. I went anyway. And yeah. here's my life. And it's yep. beautiful. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's how I felt when I said, told myself I was going to stay in LA. Mm. I was like, you know what? I'll move to Long Beach. You were never grateful for what I did. I'll have a 
gorgeous apartment. Mm-hmm. I'll be the badass LA dude ripping through the can. Fuck you. you yeah, know? yeah. But a big old fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big old fuck you. I didn't do that. I came to that pretty quick. I was like, I can't fucking do this. Mm-hmm. But you know, mm-hmm. I, I so get the impulse. Yeah. So that that was it. Like I wanted to go to Austin. I wanted to write an album, a breakup album, a fuck you album, and mm-hmm. find a producer out there and release it and all of these things that I was acting out of a place of spite and vengeance (laughs) (laughs) and now i have reached the part of the healing journey where it's like i don't want to do anything out of spite like i don't want that to fuel me in any way Mm. and like i know my ex is has suffered and is probably still suffering and i wouldn't want to like intentionally add any more to his suffering yeah so not that he follows me on instagram not that he would have like ever known that i moved to austin (laughs) but you know can i this is gonna this is a sorry this is a big old bad not bad but it's kind of a sad traumatic thing i'm gonna say here okay Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna say it anyway so like the whole like you don't want to act in spite thing yeah I realized, like, for me, I had a lot of things happen all at once. Like I, like I said, like, I had the partnership breakup. I had, I left my job, all this stuff. And then my, my parents split in part because I, my mom basically asked me to help her to get him out, my father out, because he wouldn't stop cheating on her. And that time, like, that is when I realized I had to stop acting in spite because mm. as, as hard as it was for me to do what I had to do to my dad, yeah. which was, like, not a... I'm not want to talk about that in detail. Let's put that out there. Mm. Like, but it was not good. Yeah. But it was not out of spite. It wasn't, like... It was because I realized at that point, like, I, my father has to be deeply, deeply hurt yeah. to have done the things that he's done to hurt the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And you know not to say that i haven't said some things to him in anger since but like the actions i've taken towards him have not been spiteful actions Mm -hmm. because that's not gonna get anywhere no and i realized that kind of and i've since then like seriously like it it was like there's very few moments in my life where i feel like things like snap into focus you get a few of those i think in your lifetime where it's like yeah okay i know what i have to do Mm -hmm. i know what has to change and how I'm acting so that I can get through this and whatever. Yeah. And that was one of them, you know? And from then on, it's been like, I can't, because because all you do is you're just carried around when you act that way. It's heavy as hell Mm -hmm. and it hurts. Like it hurt me physically to have to try and carry that around for a long time. It's not to say you don't act sometimes, but it's, it's yeah. never intentioned anymore. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think we're all human and we're all going to feel this way um, until we heal and can move on. But yeah, that is, it is a heavy thing to carry. And I think I was just like, I I was such a hurt child and I feel like I carried everything on my shoulders all mm-hmm. the time. Like yep. all of this hate and just wounding, and like, mm-hmm. especially towards my parents. And it's like, uh, I can't, I feel like I have a, a nailed shut box of resentment that I still have yet to unpack, especially around like my father. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's oh yeah, it's jam packed in oh, there, and it's somewhere filed away. And I'm have I given you the yarn analogy before? I don't know if you have. Okay, so so credit to one of my great friends, Ruta Vendelskite, also one of the great names of all time. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it is. And she she was my first uh, manager at uh, at my first job out of college, and mm-hmm. became a great friend of mine. We used to walk down the Hudson every Sunday for like four hours just talking. And one of the, yeah, she's just awesome, lovely human being and and brilliant. And one of the things we were talking about was in this theme. She's Mm -hmm. like seven years older than us. Mm -hmm. So it was always nice to have someone with kind of that 
perspective. Yeah. And she talked about how for her, she always thought of it as a ball of yarn as she was unwrapping these things with her parents, with her family, and all this stuff. But you get to unravel the yarn and you get to look at it and say, okay, what color is this section? What does this look like? Mm-hmm. And you get to cut out the pieces that you want and you get to let them go. Oh. And But you also get to keep the pieces that you wanted if you so choose mm-hmm. because like and and this was this was more around like a longer conversation i had around her with her around meditation and like realizing how much of your uh, stress is literally like stored in your body mm-hmm. uh, which is crazy oh, yeah. yeah but anyway i just think that analogy has always really stuck with me because i can visually see it mm, like the okay. idea like the, the nailed shut box thing like i get it i think we always think about it like it's like a thing with a lid and to me it's it's all knotted that's how your life is you know like Mm -hmm. you everything is crisscrossed with itself your relationship and the problems you i have with my mom and my dad and my brother and all my extended family are all mixed up yeah you know that's a great analogy and i'm probably gonna shift my visual processing to that (laughs) because it's it's been a great tool for me yeah and so my first guest on the show jenny uh she talked about her healing during a little bit and she did like she touched on how the healing process she realized when she let go one thing she was able to let go a bunch of other things because it is all connected Uh uh-huh yeah so that's so the knotted ball of yarn is a great visual to add to that that sentiment so i like that a lot yeah, I am terrified of unraveling my ball of yarn. <laughs> Let's get into that, Jess. <laughs> so I, I mean, I read a lot of psychology and health self-help books. I need to get back into therapy. Um, my therapist, I had a therapist when I was in LA, and he was so mediocre, and I just didn't vibe with him. And mm-hmm. you have to vibe with your therapist. You do. So we didn't really, un- we didn't start to unravel that ball of yarn. We, he just helped me cope with what I was experiencing at the yep. time. And I know I need to unravel that ball of yarn because sometimes these really big emotional reactions will just flare up. And mm-hmm. it's like you said, like the stress, it manifests physically in your body. Yeah. So one of the books that I have been slowly getting through is called The Body Keeps the Score. Oh, I read this book. Have you? Mm-hmm incredible incredible so i feel it, like I, it was recommended to me by this friend oh perfect yeah. yeah okay that makes sense um it's so good i feel like i have to reread every page like three times to fully I, get in process a lot of self-help books are like that for me yeah where i look at i think it's more like a manual than a book it yeah 100 you know? <laughs> percent. yeah so i'm yeah. not gonna sit down and eat it up in like four hours yeah it's not like, like a that. fiction book but they are they're so helpful mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> who would have thought self-help books yeah. helpful um, but yeah, that was one of the books that I still haven't finished. It's been like a year since I started it, but starting to read it and get through, I think I'm a little over halfway there, but I'm like, yeah, it's just dangerous to carry around this much stress and it, trauma. It is. It is. Like I realized for a while, like, I think this is going to sound crazy to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, not kidding. If you measure me on the wall in my house, like I've gained like half an inch of height in the last year simply because wow. my, I was like here, mm-hmm. you know? And like over the whatever the last year, like I've spent a lot of time being like, okay, like I've had a knot in my neck for whatever, like, Mm -hmm. and just sitting up straight. Like, I don't think people realize how much of it's that, like that you're, you're allowing yourself to be imbalanced in part because you're coping with some other, I don't know. It's, it's very, I don't want to get way, way down this thing in a (laughs) podcast where I'm like moving in front of you right now, but do you need, 
Re- dear listeners, <laughs> please read The Body Keeps the Score. Please read The Body Keeps the Score. I just want to say that's like the best advice I can give is a th- in finding a therapist. Like I went through a few when I started trying to get into therapy and then mm-hmm. I found I found one that I vibed with and yeah. him and I have had a relationship for like four and a half years now. That's great. And so, you know, there have been times in my life where I've gone frequently because I've been going through a lot. Yeah. And there are times in my life when I've gone less frequently. But it's so ridiculously useful to have someone like that mm-hmm. that knows me, has known me long enough as if they are a friend, but is a professional. Yeah, definitely. And provide that guidance. Like that's one of the most valuable relationships I have in my life. And it's made me think differently about a lot of other relationships with health professionals. Because mm-hmm. having that relationship with a provider is super great and so useful and it makes it easier always. Great point. Yeah. Go to therapy. Go to therapy and, and like be picky about your therapist. Yeah. Find the one you, you like working with. Yeah, definitely. That's not that I've gases heard. you up. <laughs> right. I mean sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you know can't validate your way through. Yeah, that's like, not therapy. Yeah, you were so right for that. No, no, I wasn't actually. <laughs> I really only have the one therapy experience. Um but my friends that have been in therapy for a long time, if not all their lives offer the same advice all the time like you have to find the right one for you it mm-hmm. is very much like it's not a one size fits it's all not a one, yeah solution. that's it yeah different therapists work better for different people yeah so i gotta find mine it's one of my to-do list i just like i'm like do i really want to compromise my piece right now <laughs> you're not jess no oh jess on your own podcast i have to call you out and Please say do. say jess miller Going to therapy won't compromise your peace. At yeah. least it won't in the long run. In the long run, and that's so and I'm sorry, but like bolster it. That's sure. the other big mindset change that I've had in the last year. Yeah. Is like one of my friends gave me advice that I listened to. Thank God, it was like slow the fuck down, dude. Yeah, you sound like you're losing it because yeah. you're trying to do everything at once. And it's like when I shifted the mindset to okay, like I I I'm 27, like I have time on my side. Yeah, and I can deal with having a shitty apartment in Harlem for as long as I have to. I can deal with this and that and the other thing so that I can build to the vision that I have for my life. Mm-hmm. Therapy's a freaking part of that, you know? Yeah. Like it does not feel good sometimes the session itself, but Yeah, I feel like I have to take the whole day off when I well, historically that's what it felt like when I was in therapy. I felt like I had to decompress the rest of the day. I was just like laying in bed, processing everything we talked about. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, emotionally exhausting. But if you're absolutely right. Put it at the, the end of the run, day. Way better. Put it at three or four in the afternoon or something. Oh, that's hard because you work with West Coast, don't you? No, I'm done by five. It's, it's by still five? like a nine to five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know then. <laughs> yeah. I'll, Come on, I, Jess. You know, you're right. I believe in you. I, Do the thing, funny. please. I'm such an advocate for therapy. You are. And I need, this is like a real moment where I need to swallow my own medicine. You like, do. I, I do. I you do. You really do need to. <laughs> it's, it's important for my friends to hold me accountable. So thank you for coming on to my podcast <laughs> and telling me to <laughs> shut the fuck up and go to therapy. <laughs> I'm not telling you to shut the fuck up. I know. Just kidding. Just to go to therapy. Just being dramatic. Yeah. Okay. I will. Thank you, Kevin. And to you, the listeners, I'm going to go to therapy. And you should too. <laughs> Sponsored by BetterHelp. <laughs> All right. I just want to say I think that both of us have uh, done a lot to put ourselves in physical environments that are better for us. Mm-hmm. And that's like a huge part of it. Like yeah. it was really not good for me to be at home in my childhood home. Yeah. And I think context for listener, like I was at home with my mom and dad and then just my mom for like almost a year. Mm-hmm. And that was real bad for me. And part of the reason I felt better is because 
feel better this month, whatever, is because I'm in New York. I have my own space. I know that this beautiful space here has also been good for you. This is my sanctuary. Yeah, and I just, you know, we talked about a lot about who you surround yourself with, mm -hmm. so on and so forth, but also like what you surround yourself with. Yeah. I am someone who's like, my family or the culture, whatever you want to call this, mm -hmm. like, frowns on materialism to some extent which is so funny because we're just like a hyper consumerist society oh, for sure. but yet like you want to have the nice thing wow what an asshole like i don't know it's such a weird deal i don't care what the way i feel is i like nice things mm -hmm. and i like things i think aesthetic beauty has a lot of value actually because mm -hmm. aesthetics is order and order is the universe <laughs> do you know what i'm saying <laughs> is uh, yeah. order is life and i just to me, it's like, it's all one beautiful thing. And mm -hmm. your place is beautiful. Thank you. Uh, love it. Mine's gonna also be beautiful. And I'm just grateful for us being able to surround ourselves with like things that make us feel like ourselves. It's, it's been yeah. a while for me and I'm yeah. getting to do it again. And I know you are. I, yeah, I, this is the first space that I've ever been able to completely customize however I want it to look. And I feel so peaceful here like your physical environment is so important like this is this is my sanctuary i feel so mm -hmm. at home and peaceful here and i love that it is it's aesthetically pleasing <laughs> as a libra <laughs> mm -hmm. but because that's i mean that is important to me uh in my own home i need to have that that feeling of just i don't know it's mine it's my home i want it to look how i want it to look and that's yeah, fine and it. there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that there is yeah, absolutely nothing wrong with it. And it's just whatever brings you joy. So if it brings you joy, then no one should make you feel bad about that. That's that. <laughs> I think I think that's where we end the podcast because I think that's something we both get yeah. deeply. Like, And that's kind of what makes our relationship work mm -hmm. is like, you and I just have fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've always just had a lot of fun yeah. in any context. Like, oh my God, I, I laugh so many, so many times. I think about that night we went to Skateland. Mm. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe we did that. So many children we almost killed with the roller skates. Oh, yeah. Like, but that was just fun. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and, uh, and I think it's because both of us have that shared, like, it brings me joy. Whatever. Exactly. Just, like, just prioritizing, if, enjoying life. Yeah. Yeah. So to wrap us up, I ask my guests every week, what is one simple joy that just brings you a lot of joy in your day-to-day -day life? <laughs> Why? No, because I'm going to give the most, I mean, this is me on a podcast, so I'm going to give the most Kevin Wiesner answer I can. Okay. Manual transmission sports cars. <laughs> That's the answer. I drive a 1990 Miata that was uh, ordered by my grandfather straight from the factory and passed down the line to me is the thing that makes me feel most connected to being alive. Be I love that. Because it was designed that way. It makes, it's supposed to be about union between, it's literally the slogan of the car. It's like union between man and driver. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And for me, that's what it is. It's like, don't no thinking, just just enjoyment. And yeah. that's my joy. Wow. And to have that like passed down too, there's that familial sentiment as well, like sentimental value. Yeah. So that's cool. It's like wearing a jacket that, was passed down it feels like that you know yeah. you've been in that car it's small it's you, a cool you, you kind of wear it yeah for sure <laughs> yeah it's so fun though i haven't been in many convertibles so i had a blast driving in that car yeah yeah all right that's a great joy before we go is there anything that you want to plug any social media any yeah so i got a comedy program? album coming out next week <laughs> on spotify uh all of your uh local radio stations as well are playing it no for sure for sure for sure no no i do not please don't follow me on social media <laughs> don't 
don't try and find me. If you really want to text Jess, then and, and she'll refer. Yeah. <laughs> if you have any questions about cars or there, yeah. If you if you need, you know what? If you need car help, give me a call. <laughs> Ask Jess for my phone number. That's so funny because all my guests so far have just been like, please don't find me on social media. Yeah, please don't. I love that. Am I the only one in my friend group where I'm just like, yeah, here's my social media. I treat it like a diary. If you want to see what's going on at any time in my day, just look at my Instagram stories. I'm like, all right, here's me washing the dishes. I kind of treat it like that too. It's just, it's only like my... Your group of people. Yeah, like if I've met you in real life, I give you my Instagram. Okay, that's Instead fair. of my phone number, usually, actually. Yeah. I mean, unless... Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, so your plug today is therapy. My plug... Hi. My plug today is therapy. Yes. <laughs> and also Toyota. That's my car. Here, here's my car advice. It's for free. If you need to buy a car, just go to a Toyota dealership and buy what you can afford. Hmm, I like that. Yep. I, I like Toyota. I do drive a Prius. There we go. Yeah. With a big Band-Aid on it. it yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm realizing that it's okay that I'm not a great driver and I don't have to feel defensive. I'm no, just you shouldn't. not a great driver. No, you shouldn't. And I hit my second deer ever uh, in June and it put a big dent in the car door, the passenger door behind the driver's seat. Um, and I could get it fixed, but also I could just put a giant car decal band-aid on it. And that's what I did. And now mm-hmm. that feels like 2024's problem because it has a band-aid mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. So it's like I acknowledge that it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. And, and as we've discussed today, just healing takes time. Healing takes time. Thank you for that. Yeah, I am one. I am one car accident involving a deer away from becoming an avid hunter. You know what? I'm also going to get my license. So let me know. I will let you know. Those motherfuckers are going down. This is the best part about Buffalo. I like. I'm a kid who like works in Manhattan, but I'm gonna have a hunting license. I love that. How many people are like that, Jess? We get the best of both worlds. Best of best of both worlds. <laughs> okay. Well, there you have it, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Jess, thank you for starting a podcast. I'm only doing it because people told me to do it. <laughs> well, we all think you'd be good at it, and I think it's probably gonna work out. So uh, keep I'm it up. enjoying it. I'm having a good time so far, so we're gonna keep doing it. Great. All right, guys, I've been forgetting to plug myself. So you can follow the podcast at Porch Club Podcast on Instagram, and you can listen to us here every week on Spotify or Apple Podcasts every Tuesday. Until next week, PCP out. (laughs)